Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Hello, Hainted Loves. Welcome to Homespun Haints Bonus Edition. I'm Becky. Bonus. I'm Diana. And we just heard from girl Henry Rollins, who has seen some very, very strange things in and around her Massachusetts home in Salem and also all over the U.S. where she has lived. But one thing in particular that intrigued Diana and I is her mention of seeing a Pukwudgie. Pukwudgie. (laughs) <laughs> Tell me what it is, Becky. I've never even heard of this creature before this episode. Because you've never lived in New England, apparently. That is accurate, yes. <laughs> Puckwudgies are very, very interesting little creatures, and they span quite a lot of territory in the northeastern North America. It's hard to pin down where they come from, because everybody who's lived in those areas for like the last... 9,000 years, (laughs) has some story about these little creatures. The word Pukwudgie literally means a little wild man of the woods that vanishes. (laughs) It's an Algonquin word. That's on the nose. Okay. A little wild man of the woods who vanishes. That's what that word means. How succinct. In what language? In Algonquin, you said? Yeah. Cool. See, to my English speaking brain, it just sounds like a fudge place. Pukwudgies fudgies in the the upper peninsula of Michigan. Obviously the wrong location, wrong context, wrong language. (laughs) That is an English translation. So there's probably some nuances that are lost. (laughs) English, get with the program. Why does it take you so many words to say Pukwudgie? What a simple concept. So I would like to tell you as much as I can understand about a Pukwudgie. And why was there one behind Amber's house? Well, they're all over. They don't stay in the woods. They disappear back to the woods. Before there were houses, it was woods, right? Ooh, that's a good point. Okay. Now, where are you going to find these things? Well, you might find them in Massachusetts. You might find them in Delaware. You might find them all the way in Indiana. Indiana. Yes. (laughs) I don't normally think of that as New England, but okay. No, it's not. That's the interesting thing about it is they move around. And there's actually a reason for that. The origin, according to legend, Pukwudgies first appeared in Massachusetts in (laughs) Hockamock Swamp. Where is that in in Massachusetts? It's like kind of 
in the lower right hand <laughs> section of Massachusetts. I like your concept of geography. <laughs> the right hand side of the round planet we live on. <laughs> it's, in south, it's, in, it's in southeastern Massachusetts. So near Boston-ish. Yeah. near Salem. This is where they started out. The Bridgewater Triangle is there as well in the swamp. All sorts of interesting things have happened there, which we can talk about in another episode. This isn't a triangle like you're talking about Amberstad seeing that was hovering over the the sky. No, no, no. This is like this is like the Bermuda Triangle or the Bennington Triangle. It's like a triangular area of Massachusetts where UFOs are spotted and people see Bigfoot and shit like that. What if all these triangles are actually rectangles and we just don't know where the fourth location is? Oh my god. You just made my <laughs> mind explode. Right? Okay. Mm. Yeah, you're probably right. Haunted math. So Pukwudgies, let me describe what they are. People do see them, even though they're kind of interdimensional. Which checks out, right? They're a lot like, say, leprechauns or Dewinde in that they will appear and disappear. They're small, they're fae-like. Do you think duende and puckwedgie is just different words for the same critter, but in different locations? I believe that all of these creatures are probably just variations on the same thing. Now, whether they're all the same species that have just migrated, or they're like different types of birds that you would find in different areas of the planet, I don't know. Or literal elementals that just are tied to one particular land, but have the same form throughout the earth. Could be. Bigfoot exists everywhere. So why not? Mm. He just gets a little hairier and whiter in the Amalias. Don't we all? And Freetown, Massachusetts is part of the Bridgewater Triangle and that swamp. This is posted April 1st in Freetown, Massachusetts. The Freetown Police Department posted Puckwudgie crossing signs. (laughs) (laughs) nice yeah that's a road hazard oh man every time you see cryptids and national press it's like (laughs) just kidding that's funny even the fact that that is an april fool's prank shows you just how prevalent the idea of uh puckwudgies are the fact that people would find that funny Mm -hmm. there so what does a puckwudgie look like well yeah he's like a little troll like dude around two or three feet tall the thing that makes the puckwudgie stand out from other troll or elven or dwarf or fae-like creatures that we hear from other cultures is that he has a porcupine back. So the top of his head all the way down to his his little rump. I don't know if he has a, I don't know, say how they manage their bowels, but where a butt would be. (laughs) Where a butt would be. (laughs) That's all spines like a porcupine. Nice. And you can get little Puckwudgie plushies on Etsy, and they're really (laughs) cute. Some say that he has like a pointed nose and pointed ears. Some say he has rounded ears that kind of stick up between his his porcupine spines. It just depends on who you talk to. They had high pitched voices, but they talk in like an unknown language. Something like that. Like triples. That's cute. This little guy, he's mischievous, kind of like a leprechaun or a duende. He's mischievous. The little puckwudgies live in the woods, apparently, and they can flit in and out of our dimension, in and out of what we can see and what we can't see. So hopefully that kind of gives you an idea of what the puckwudgie is. Like I said, they're very mischievous. And this is why they are spread all over 
the Northeast. Because All they're the mischievous? Way- yes, because they got oh. in trouble. Mm-hmm. Oh. Legend states, now this is a Wampanoag story, is that once upon a time, the Pukwudgies and humans lived in harmony in Hockamock Swamp. And they kind of got along with one another, but they were always causing trouble. Like, they thought they were doing nice things for humans, but they just kept messing it up. Dude, humans time. don't know what they want. We don't know what's good for us. Maybe the Pukwudgies were helping, and we were just like, nah! Well, apparently, the Pukwudgies didn't know what we wanted either, because they just kept causing trouble. But who wasn't causing trouble was the god Mashup. Mashup was the creator of Cape Cod. Okay. <laughs> He was this, like, grand deity, and he brought wealth and riches and health and all wonderful things to the people living there. And the Pukwudgies were just kind of messing it up, like taking the pumpkins and eating the squash and just causing trouble. And so the people went to mosh up. (laughs) Just causing so much squash-related problems for humans, (laughs) damn it. They thought they were helping. Humans don't like gourds. Eat the shit before they have a horrible time having to burn it all. That sounds accurate. I love it. The humans went to mosh up and they were like, can you do something about these guys? They're wrecking havoc. They think they're being all nice, but they're not. And the Pukwudgies are like, hey, can you notice us? We're like, cool and magical. Because they are. They're very magical beings. The people, they didn't talk directly to mosh up. They talked to his wife. Granny Squanit. She talked to Malshup and he was like, all right, damn Pukwudgies. And he told the people of Massachusetts, the Wampanoag, to go and find every Pukwudgie they could. Scoop them up. So you can just see these people out there with their baskets, scooping up Pukwudgies. Kind of like Krampus scooping up bad little children. Kind of like little bunny foo-foo. Yeah. Picking up the puckwudgies and bopping them on the head. Oh. So the people went through and scooped up all the puckwudgies they could find. But okay, they're really spiky. How do you just scoop them up? In squash, don't you use like a weird racket kind of thing to play with? Maybe these squash rackets. This episode has a lot to do with squashes I wasn't expecting. That's completely random, but I'm going to assume that this is where the origin of the word squash as a sport came from. Probably. Is the rackets that were used to scoop up puck wedgies. <laughs> because they were eating all the squash. No, I get it, Becky. I, I agree. This is definitely canon now. It is the origin of the word squash as it relates to a sport. Yes. Scooping up the puck wedgies with the squash rackets, putting them in their squash baskets put them in a pumpkin shell put them in a pumpkin shell and there they kept them very well pumpkin i still can't say that word when i try out of nowhere (laughs) damn it pumpkin (laughs) that's great come back to mall shop and people brought him the puck wedgies he made them do the dirty work and he just like kind of gathered them up in his own giant squash racket and he flung them <laughs> to the Philippines, and that's where Duende came no. from. No, no, oh, he just damn. flung them, and I guess they ended up in Indiana because uh, <laughs> that is a little more moderate of a throw. Fair. Indiana is a weird place. You don't say. <laughs> Didn't we find out that there's more haunted bridges in Indiana than anywhere else in the country? Yeah, and I think also serial killers. Uh, so yeah. anyway, Indiana is home to many Pukwudgies. Now, of course, they they came back to Massachusetts. They kind of like came creeping back in. But 
they don't like people anymore. I can't say that I blame them. (laughs) (laughs) So most of the time when you encounter one, it's kind of like girl Henry Rollins experience where they're like, hi, bye, and they disappear. But (laughs) it's well known that if you do encounter one, just just leave it alone. Just mm -mm. don't mess with it. Don't try to scoop it up. Don't go, oh, aren't you cute? And tickle its tummy. You just leave yeah. it alone. She seemed to give the impression that she, the one that she encountered to be curmudgeonly. And he was kind of like, what are you doing here? These are my woods. Where's my trees? Like I said, they're also shapeshifters. Not only can they disappear and reappear, but they can they can be like an animal if they want to. They roll up and look like a porcupine? Yes. Actually, it's said that if you see them from the back, they look just like a porcupine. So I guess it doesn't have a butt. Because porcupines have tails. I guess so. So there's actually a book out there by an archaeologist named Paul Startsman. Well, he thought he was an archaeologist. He's what they call an armchair archaeologist. (laughs) He He never got chased by a giant boulder while swinging from a vine. Pshaw. No, sorry. As somebody with an archaeology degree, we have, we, there's a little bit of disdain for people who have not been properly trained. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I understand. He claims to have seen Pukwudgie's back since when he was a kid in 1927. And he wrote this book, The Pukwudgies of Indiana. And he basically went around and interviewed people all over Indiana who had encountered these things. And apparently in Indiana, the best place to find them is Mound State Park. So hang on, what what year was this book published, Sartsman? You alleged archaeologist. Apparently it was published in 98. Okay. But it's, I think it's out of print. <laughs> yeah, probably. But it, it's just interesting because 98 would have been kind of dawn of the internet era. People would have been starting to communicate about things like New England native cryptids. And legends that maybe wouldn't have been in the forefront of most people's minds in Indiana. I was just curious if the people that he's interviewing are like, oh, yeah, I know exactly what Pukwudgies are. I mm-hmm. was raised in a community that talked about Pukwudgies all the time. And then I saw one or if they were like, I saw this strange, weird thing. I have no idea what it was. Oh, that was a Pukwudgie. A what? You know, like, right. which came first, the concept or the actual encounter? I don't know. But the legends, the legends date back thousands of years. And they're not just from the Wampanoag. They also are in Lenape and Ojibwe folklore. So you see them in a lot of areas. Now, I can tell you with authority that they did not make their way to Illinois. Illinois is just west of Indiana, or as you would say, to the left-hand corner of (laughs) Indiana. That's right. I'm getting better at U.S. geography. We always just said Indiana was a suburb of Chicago. No, it's right next to Illinois. It's right next to it. So just to the right of Illinois. (laughs) Just to the right. Okay. Gary is is right next to Chicago. Michigan that's above it. Where the the Puckwudgies Fudgies factory is. I know all this this geography. Yes. And then Ohio's around there somewhere too, right? Ohio's to the right of Indiana. They just squash racketed right over Ohio. Puckwudgies are all the way over there, but they didn't seem to make it into Illinois. Or maybe they did. And we were just so caught up in all of our mobster Al Capone ghost stories that we never bothered to notice the the Puckwudgies. Maybe gourds just don't grow as well there. Hey, gourds grow great in Illinois. That's a cute thing to get defensive about. <laughs> don't even start with me. <laughs> don't make fun of my pumpkins. I love Illinois. Yes. Okay, okay. 
but Pukwudgies do not go that far. But they are in Indiana, and apparently you can find them in Ohio. They had to travel through Ohio to get back to Massachusetts, right? Or through a different dimension, hard to say. In fact, Ohio claims that they're the farthest west that you will find Pukwudgies, but we know that's not true, because <laughs> we will, you can see it. Now, the Song of Hiawatha is a very famous poem by Longfellow about Pukwudgies. <laughs> I swear I've read that poem and I had no idea. I need to look at that again now, reassess my interpretation. So in part 18, the Jesus. death of Quasand, it says... Far and wide among the nations spread the name and fame of Quasant. No man dared to strive with Quasant. No man could compete with Quasant. But the mischievous Pukwudgies, they the envious little people, they the fairies and the pygmies, plotted and conspired against him. I didn't know there were 18 parts. I'm sorry. Apparently. That's amazing. What becomes of the Pukwudgies? Who will care for the Pukwudgies? He will tread us down like mushrooms, drive us all into the water. Tread us down like mushrooms. These are definitely the same species, or at least are related to species to do one day. Come on. They gotta be. People tread us down like mushrooms. Are you sure they're two (laughs) feet tall? Two feet is a a tall mushroom to tread down. Well, not if you're being tread down by a giant. Is the Song of Hiawatha about giants? It's about all sorts of things. Oh, You just sit down and read the whole thing if you want. I might. Not my cup of tea. 19th century poetry is, uh, unless it's Poe, I don't want to have anything to do with it. (laughs) Whole century is a wash except for Poe. I take that back. I actually like a lot of 19th century poets, just not Longfellow. So, Diana, do you you feel like you know a thing or two about Pukwudgies now? Yes. I know that they don't have butts. That we know of. (laughs) That we know of. I know that they are basically duende but with spine modifications, perhaps. I know you shouldn't (laughs) tread on them, or they will spite you. But what I don't know is what happened when they came back to Massachusetts, now angry at the human population that had them squashed and banished from their squash fields. What did they, what did they, like, how does their revenge look long term? Their revenge is that they no longer get along with people. They say, if you see one now, it's best to stay away. They might steal your children or steal your squash if you're in the woods alone and you feel like eyes are on you leave they may kidnap you good principle in general i don't get that every time i'm in the woods i feel things watching me well obviously things are watching you in the woods they want to know if you're a predator how do you know how do you distinguish between pukwudgie geese and other people's gaze other or creatures Yeah, Yeah. like birds and bears. There's definitely been times where I've been in the woods. Now this is Tennessee, of course, Mm -hmm. where I'll come across a section of woods and like everything in my body is going, don't go in there. But it wasn't Pukwudgies. Do you ever identify actual danger or is it just a feeling that you trust and go away? It's just a feeling. Good. Probably wise. And those parts of the woods look different too. Like not as alive. Like they have a darkness to them that isn't explained. Mm-hmm. Like the sunlight just can't penetrate, even though there's no leaves on the trees because everything's Ooh. surprisingly dead. Yeah, just weird little parts of the woods that I've encountered like that. That does sound creepy. And I'm just like, hmm, something's in there. The land is tainted. <laughs> but uh, I don't think it's Pukwudgies because I've never seen them in Tennessee. We have other fey folk, but none with porcupine spines, at least not that I grew up with. Darn. Maybe they don't like the warmer climes. They prefer to stay where it's cold. Maybe they like snow. Duende are pretty warm weather creatures. 
they're not the same as Pukwudgies. All right, <laughs> fine. They may be distant cousins, but that's just what like, I said. Yeah, just a common ancestor. You, you know, know, a penguin and a puffin aren't the same creature. I'm sure there's duende in Tennessee, and they they probably compete for the same scarce squash resources that uh, the Pukwudgies eat, and so they don't generally occur in the same locales. Duende eat mangoes. Exactly. Another big bulbous orange fruit. All right. Well, I think I've I've waxed poetic on Duende, on Pukwudgies as long as I can. If you have ever seen one, or if anybody in your family has seen them, or if you know more about this legend, because maybe you grew up with it, unlike mm-hmm. my Illinois slash Tennessee ass, please enlighten us. We would love to learn more about it. But we'd also love to know what they look like if you've seen one. Right? Amber's description was so unique. I really appreciated the way she described it. She didn't describe the the spines at all. She must have just seen them from the front. Because if you see one from the back, you'll think you've seen a porcupine. And you won't have a spooky day. Homespun Haints is hosted by Becky Kielimnik and Diana Doty and produced by Homespun Haints Media, LLC. Editing and music by Becky Kilimnik. Show notes by Diana Doty. If you have a ghost story and you'd like to be considered as a guest for this podcast, please visit our website at homespunhaints.com slash submit. Deep in the bowels of Oklahoma exists a passageway that has remained locked for decades, untouched by mortals. We don't know why it was sealed nearly a century ago, but we are thirsting to find out. Do you have the same insatiable curiosity as us to see what lies beyond his threshold? On September 24th, 2023, we will unveil the shadows together via livestream as we open this sealed passageway, slaking our thirst for arcane knowledge. And we want you to be there with us. Virtually, of course. This may be dangerous. We don't have liability insurance. Oh my eye! But what will we find? Is this passageway a sealed tomb, a hideaway for treasure, a portal into another dimension? Maybe it's aliens. Even we won't know until September 24th, and you can be there to discover the secrets with us. I'm not scared. Visit homespunhaints.com basement to RSVP for this event and find out how you can participate in this interactive adventure with us. As long as there's darkness to explore, we shall remain its loyal devotees. RSVP now and immerse yourself in the abyss of the unknown that is Diana's Basement. <laughs> Visit homespunhaints.com basement.